This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my show, Living Fearlessly, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. So once again, I am super blessed, super grateful to be joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Hazlett. And given how expansive the program is, I'm just going to plug a little bit about who this man is before we turn it over, as I always do, to unscripted dialogue. So who is Jeffrey Hazlett? Well, what I can tell you about Jeffrey is that he's formerly the chief marketing officer of the Eastman Kodak Company. He's also a global business celebrity and primetime television show host on Bloomberg Television. From small businesses to international corporations, his creativity and extraordinary entrepreneurial skills have enabled him to lead ventures, blending his leadership perspectives, insights into the C-suite and business strategy, mass marketing prowess, and affinity for social media. He is a well-traveled public speaker, the author of best-selling books, The Mirror Test and Running the Gauntlet, and one of the most compelling figures in business today. Jeffrey has been cited in Forbes, Success, Mashable, Marketing Week, and Chief Executive, amongst many others. His executive insights and commentary on television networks like Bloomberg, MSNBC, and Fox Business. You can also subscribe to Jeffrey's All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett podcast over on iTunes. So, Jeffrey, welcome. How are you? I am doing great. I'm still rocking to that opening music you had. I, I will put that back on. Let's listen to that and start dancing. <laughs> I like that better. Nice way to set the tone, isn't it? It's a good way. I, you know, I, I every once in a while I kick back even in my own office and play a couple of tunes. I play a, a lot of eclectic stuff. And actually, you know, you, since you're Canadian, I got to tell you, I, I listen to Stan Rogers, who's a, yes. a, Canadian, a Canadian folk singer, and he's one of my favorite, favorite. Every time I go back to my ranch in South Dakota, I, I put on one of his uh, CDs in my truck. I have a pickup truck, and I, I listen to the Northwest Passage. And uh, I, I sing it at the top of my lungs, so there you go. Well, what I'll say to that is I'm actually friends with uh, Stan's son and went oh. to high school with him, and I'm on Facebook uh, with him. And it was his birthday, I think, yesterday. So oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I appreciate the Canadian reference. But um, so, Jeffrey, as I always do, I talk about unscripted things because I just I think it makes for a much more authentic discussion. And, you know, I'm just – First of all, what I will say to listeners is I had the privilege of meeting this gentleman on December 6th in New York uh, for the C-Suite Advisors Conference, and uh, I just want to say what a pleasure and an honor it was to finally meet you in person. I have nothing but respect for you, um, which I know I speak for thousands upon thousands of people who probably would echo my sentiments. Um, so I just want to say I appreciate the fact That's that nice. you that's yeah. nice of you. Thank you, and and I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate having the chance to meet you. You're, 
you're out there. And so it was good. It was great. It's great to be able to meet someone who's always out there and always just, and wears everything on their sleeve. Cause I, I'm very much the same way. You know, you said unscripted. I love unscripted conversations. I love good debate. I love taking on good, you know, good topics and having tension. Cause I think tension's a good thing, not only in business, but also in our personal lives. Quite frankly, it helps move us to a different place. Fantastic. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jeffrey. And so, you know, why don't we start with the inception of your journey? Because we, we all are familiar with your name. We know your accolades. We know your accomplishments, some of which we'll delve into throughout the hour. Uh, but let's talk about the inception of your journey. When did it become crystal clear to you? Uh, or maybe it didn't. Maybe it was something you just kind of fell into. But maybe you can take us back to the backstory of how you entered and embarked upon uh, the business world and and the light. I mean, the, I mean, you're a trailblazer. How did this all unfold for you? Well, the business stuff has always been a thing I've been doing since I was a kid. Whether you know, I was selling barbecue tickets for little league baseball, or you know, I was always selling things or doing things, and and I like making money because I knew that you could do things with money. So, even I grew up in you know, we grew up not in a very um, attractive nor affluent neighborhood, which means we were poor. And um, I can remember we lived in a trailer park actually, and and I used to get hired, get paid by the trailer park manager to go and deliver flyers around. I was about I don't know seven years old then, and, I, and that guy would pay me seven or eight bucks to deliver flyers to every single mailbox and and every place in that in that facility, and and that, which was I mean we're talking about a pretty big huge trailer park. Um, I, I can't remember how many. Hundreds and hundreds of, of 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 locations, but this was in back in Warner Robins, Georgia. And so, man, I love making money then. And then I I went on to start running my own businesses, and you know, led me to buy and sell over 250 businesses in my career, and about 25 billion in transactions, a Fortune 100 officer, and and now I'm eye candy on television. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it, and it doesn't, I don't think you can ever, you know, a lot of people like say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I think you like to be this when you grow up, but you don't know. Um, you know, life, life has twists and turns and, and I've always learned to go with those twists and turns and to learn different things and, and understand that there's always, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of go at life with a, with a sense of open awareness of, of I don't know what I don't know. And, and I mean, I, I try to think I know some things, but yet I'm open to the possibility that what I just said is the truth isn't the truth. And, and I think if you, if you can do that, I think you're a lot better off. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the subject of leadership because you embody that. Uh, and many people who were in the same presence and company of, uh, business wise, um, are the same. We're of the same elk. So, you know, we know leadership is somewhat become a bit of a, a lip service catchphrase and oftentimes it's not always attributed to people who we would believe embody leadership necessarily. So, you know, aside from what's in people's bank account, let's talk more importantly about the leadership bank account. Uh, you know, what your currency is as a leader and how we separate that from other people who might be perceivably leaders, uh, but lack fortitude, perhaps slack, uh, self-awareness. Um, so what does leadership mean for you, Jeffrey? Well, getting people to do the things you want them to do or to, you know, get to a different space than where you are today. So, and whatever that is, I mean, it could be, you could be the leader of a shoe store. You could be a leader of a cause. You know, you could be the leader of your family. 
And I think that's getting people to to rally around a real common purpose and and a need in order to drive something that's a different outcome, whatever that might be. And and the outcome could be learning. The outcome could be um, increasing sales. The outcome could be solving you know cancer, or the outcome could be you know a new form of government or whatever it might be. I mean, there's lots of different ways to describe it. I I think great leaders though are, are one good listeners. I think they're also um, you know, people who are very servant mentality. Yeah. I, I, I real, I'm a real believer in what I call servant mentality is what can I help you do? Now, that doesn't mean you can't be demanding as a leader, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of being good, clear, clear on the vision and so forth. And, um, I think there's some clear key things that are important. You know, I'm starting to actually look at leaders, um, as heroes. Because to me, they're, they are real heroes. And so I'm, you know, to me that, uh, you know, a real hero leader, you know, someone's at the very top of who they are, you know, they communicate a clear vision of where they want to go. They have the ability, I think, to change, um, drive change and implement ideas because the, you know, having an idea, but the implementation without implementation, an idea is nothing but air. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you don't do much. I, I think they're focused very much on, on values. Um, of all stakeholders, you know, not just the, their own, but of all stakeholders, because I think you have to recognize there's different ways to get there. I mean, so I'm I'm kind of been looking at 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 calling leaders heroes, because I think that's really what they are. Love it, absolutely love it. And so, who are some of your personal professional heroes? You know, they're going to be people you've never heard of. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, there, it was a guy by the name of Mr. Pinson. I wrote about this in my very first book, and I just dedicated it to three people that, that I considered to be great heroes. You know, in a certain my, my parents were heroes because they came from nothing and, and made something of their life. My dad was a, a sergeant uh, before he succumbed to Agent Orange, um, you know, in the United States Air Force. And, you know, what he was a chief master sergeant, what a leader of that, you know. What an unbelievable thing to see him do what he did. And then, um, my, my mother, you know, was a, was, uh, you know, high school education, went on to run a very successful business of her own, great bookkeeper, single mother at one point because my parents divorced. But, and then, then there are guys, like I said, Mr. Mr. Penson, Penson, who was a, who ran a plumbing business and he hired me when I was, I was 13 going on 14 and, and, and had me doing work while my dad was over in Vietnam, you know, and, and taught me the value of, of hard work, you know, and then guys like John Timmer, who, um, who was a Republican and I'm a Democrat and, and who sat on the opposite aisle of me, but I, I loved his business sense and his sense of fairness, but his sense of, of toughness as well. And then there was a guy named Michael O'Connor who I actually, um, bought his printing business and he taught me so much about business and the value of, you know, like I call it the Z out every day. I used to sit at a register and look at the Z out, you know, the value of, of looking every day at your goal and what you did and, mm-hmm. and where you either you mailed up to it or you didn't get to it, you know, um, so people like that. Lovely. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Jeffrey. Um, now, I would be remiss given the fact that you did mention you a bit of a segue here, uh, that you're a Democrat. So, of course, everybody knows today this not only being uh, the day of our interview, but this is also the inauguration, big pivotal right. day in history. We also know, again, no coincidences that you're my particular guest on the day of inauguration, uh, because what people may or may not know is that you, for three seasons, were a celebrity uh, judge 
on, um, a guest judge on Celebrity Apprentice, Donald Trump's show. So, you know, to the degree that you feel comfortable, because I know that you're very respectful and you're very diplomatic and you're very cordial, uh, all these things, which I also think make up a leader. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, he's a friend as well. We can add that to the, the deal. Okay. You know, but I, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't know if I, can I swear on this show? I say fuck uh, all the time. Go okay, ahead. Okay, good. All right. Well, you know, he's batshit crazy, but, but, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, let's be clear. But at the same time, I think, you know, he's going to change things without question. And, you know, he's, 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 he's going to start building the wall tomorrow. Um, on Saturday, which will send a message to government, by the way. But, you know, I, do I agree with everything he's had to say? Absolutely not. Do I, do, do I respect him as an individual without question? And, and some people say, well, my gosh, you know, I could have had somebody this morning at, at breakfast say this was a black day. And I'm going, what do you mean a black day? The world will go on. Okay. You know, we've had presidents that have come and go. It will make, it, it will make a difference. Yeah. It should, should he aspire to be greater? Yeah. But you know, let's keep in let's keep in mind they're just human beings. He goes, well, don't he'll never learn something. Well, I said I disagree with that. I found that in my dealings with him all the time, he's one of the he's one of the fastest learners that I, I have ever seen. And quite frankly, I think that's why he got elected. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless of you know, here's what I tell you people about him: if you look at the people who have worked with him, they've worked for him for thirty or forty years, mm-hmm. and you can't be an asshole. And have somebody work for you for that long. That's one. Two, look at his children. His children are some of the just, I mean, fantastic models of people that you could probably find. You might not like them because of your politics or because they're um, maybe they're because they're rich or they didn't have to work as hard as some of us did. But they, you know, but that, get over that. You, I can tell you, tell you, they're they're the kind of people that you would want to watch watching your children. They're the kind of people that you'd want to have over to your home for dinner. And you know what? I found that to be the same thing with Donald Trump, regardless of my politics. Now, I've worked for some of the most liberal politicians in the world. Tom Daschle, who's a Senate Majority Leader. I used to work on the staff of Senator, United States Senator George McGovern. You couldn't find a more liberal candidate that had run for, gov- for uh, President of the United States than Senator McGovern. So yet, while I work for those, I still have respect for the for the other side of the aisle as well. And you know, to me, uh, today, if anything, is an example of the the peaceful transition of power. Today is a very special day in the United States, where we see one govern one form of government taking or one leader of government taking over from another completely opposites who are at at odds but yet look how peaceful it is so um even regardless of what I, i'm sure there's going to be marches and demonstrations and so forth and more power to all of them okay well that's a good answer and you know i'll agree to disagree on some of that and we can take the conversation okay. a little bit further um i mean personally tonight i'm setting my clock back 300 years but that's okay um well, you know and you know but i think that that's you know uh, you you got to have stuff on the right. You got to have stuff on the left. You have to have some crazy people and some sane people, some stubborn people and some laissez-faire people. That's what makes a family. That's what makes a country. That's what makes a city. That's what makes a company. You know, uh, all of that. And you know, it's just like you know, I got a crazy uncle that when he you know comes over and and just crazy, you know, pull my <laughs> finger kind of uncle. But, you know, I don't want to throw them out, you know. Right. 
you know, I don't, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, I got, he says inappropriate things. I mean, not only inappropriate things, it's some things I want to punch him in the face for, but you, 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 I think it takes all kinds. And, and so, you know, outside of breaking the law, we're all entitled. That's what makes, I think makes our country great. Um, I think that's also one, uh, one of the great things about Canada as well, that you guys, you have some similar kinds of things. I mean, we're kind of like cousins. Um, you know, when you, when you look at it, I think we've had a great relationship. Thank goodness. Imagine what it would be like if we didn't, but, um, it would, yeah. Imagine what it would be like if Canada and America didn't get along. So that would be tragic and scary actually. But, um, you know, and I hear what you say, Jeffrey, and I respect that. And I mean, I'm the type of person who similar to yourself is very open-minded and I'm, uh, you know, I, I play devil's advocate to everything. I look at things through abstract eyes, uh, to try and make the most informed decisions, either personally, professionally, for my family, whatever the case may be. It all falls under the same umbrella. Uh, I just think, you know, yes, we have members like that in our family. And yes, we tolerate certain things that, uh, you know, go against the grain for what might be our moral compass or our barometer for uh, how people should be interacting or interfacing with people. I think the concern for most people, and it's already been highlighted, so, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to be a broken record here, and I don't want to detract from you being the highlight of the program. Hey, I, I love this. This is good. <laughs> this is good. This is good for people to listen in business or outside of business or in life or just personal interrelationships to be able to have conversations where, you know, quite frankly, you know, we don't get along on this point. That's okay. I'm all right, all right. with that. And you know, I know you are, and I know you are, and I, I appreciate that, and, and that's one of the things I absolutely love about you. Um, but I just think, you know, for a position that's so powerful and it's so influential and it's, you know, uh, there's make or break type decisions, and I think a lot of that, it, to me it goes back to, you know, whatever comes out of your mouth is an advertisement and a window into who you are. And whether you're talking about subject matters that people might be on different sides of the aisle, I think a lot of it is in the approach. I think a lot of it is in, you can say, something that you know is going to be met with resistance and opposition, but you can still do it in such a way that you don't have to worry about people looking at you as an individual or as a a prospective leader and question, you know, your diplomacy, uh, question your ethics, question your Your intelligence. Yes. Are there things that he will say or do without question? Um, but just as I found that George Bush did the same thing, just as I found Jimmy Carter did the same thing, and quite frankly, just the ways I found that Bill Clinton did things that I just, quite frankly, was appalled by. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, but, but I know Bill Clinton, you know, and I knew Jimmy Carter, and I knew George Bush, and so forth. So, but at the same time, you know, um, I, there are things that he's going to do, I think, and he has said, and, and our, our job is, as citizens, is look, quit bitching and moaning, okay? Mm-hmm. Because he, he he got elected. Um, okay, now what? I <laughs> I would rather run into the fire than run away from it. And so my my belief is, no matter who it is, no matter what they are, they did it legally. They got there where they need to go. I might not have voted for him. I might have voted for him. But regardless of that, it's my job as a citizen to 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 be involved. Mm-hmm. And and so that that means, well, then maybe we should start working on trying to make sure that we hold him to a higher standard. You know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think he, he I think he'll learn. Okay. That, that there's a great mantle of responsibility that will come with it. Just like when you, when you take on a new job, 
you know, or a role as a CEO or CMO or CFO. We have certain things, conditions of satisfaction that we have to rise to. And I think he will as well. And that's what leaders should do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, will it be the same way you or I want to? No, without question. And and most things. Um, But, um, but that's just, that's the way it is. Right. And I, I certainly, regardless of my opinions, uh, I do, I really do wish him well in this position. I really do want him to succeed. I really do want him to up his game because, you know, we're talking about the collective and we want to be on the right side of that. We want to be on the beneficial side of that and we want to be on the peaceful side of that. So I wish him nothing well. Uh, you know, I, I, well, time will tell, right? Time is always exactly. a great denominator. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and thank goodness that we've got a lot of other things that, that are checks and balances as, as part of that. Because I think that, you know, that which is, uh, that's why some people get all, you know, all worked up and I'm not too worked up about a lot of that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. So. so talking about checks and balances, how do you keep yourself in check and how do you keep yourself focused? I, I have lots of people around me and make sure I don't get too big for my britches. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and there are people that I have that, that, that allow me. You know, first of all, you have to be grounded in certain values and principles, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and so if you have those values and principles, then they should help guide you in what you do and don't do, whether it's good or bad or right or wrong. And so that, that's one thing, but sometimes the, those get out of whack, especially if you're doing, you know, if you're a person like myself or others who are on TV or radio and they start sending you free stuff and people applaud you and, you know, do all these things and you pretty soon you do think it's because of you and it's not always because of you. So, so you have to learn not to get too big for your britches a little bit. And so the, what's, what's important for that is, um, you need to have people around you, right? Mm-hmm. That um, that will help you with that, and so that's what that's about. Fantastic! And if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, Jeffrey, what are some of your daily rituals or mantras uh, to you know keep and perpetuate the positive mindset that allows you to be successful and continue to flourish within your career? Well, I'm, I'm not. I, I had to, I'm not always the nicest I can be. I try to be, but you know, I, I was on the staff call this morning, video call. I had to apologize to one of my team members for being a little grumpy because I've been traveling a lot and I went off on an email, and so in front of the whole team, apologized for that. You know, so everyone's so one is I don't. You got to own up to it. Own up to your mistakes or own up to the things you do. But you know, every day I I you know um, I try to have a regular, fairly good kind of routine. Where I try to clean out my inbox every day. I try to do certain things. I, you know, every day I look at my calendar and I decide, no, nope, not doing that. Like I took three things off my calendar today mm-hmm. that people had put on, and they're fairly important meetings. But, but I have other priorities that are higher priorities to drive, and I just can't get to the, those things. Like you know? my show, Living Fearlessly. Thanks that, for not scratching that off. <laughs> I didn't scratch that off. I didn't scratch that one off. But, uh, but you know, that's that's one of the things I do is I look at, okay, what are my key promises that I got to deliver in the business and are the things that I'm doing today getting me closer to where I need to be on that list of promises? And if it's not, then why am I doing them? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's that's critical. Um, I also think you have to, you know, I go back to Stephen Covey way, way back. Something way back. But, you know, Stephen Covey said you have to be balanced in your life. You have to have a spiritual side. You have to have friends. You have to have family and you have to have your business. So 
I try to balance those four things. Now, luckily, I've got people in my life to make sure that I pay attention to some of those things more than I normally do because I tend to lean to the business side, you know, just because I love doing it. It's like it's it's addictive for me. And and so and I'm good at it. And, um, you know, and I and I, I really, really like it. So to me, it's fun. So I have to have people around me who, who say, no, dad. You need to go do this or, or no, you know, um, let's, let's go to church on Sunday. You know, um, I don't want to, I, I got so much work to catch up on. No, we're going on, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's okay. That's good to have that. Um, you know, and, and, and make sure that you got friends that you get together with enough friends just from businesses, but real friends that the friends that are going to carry your casket when you die. That, right. Those kind of friends, you know, and so I do those kind of things, and so I make time for that. So even when I'm so busy, you know, I'm going to go quail hunting, I'm going to go pheasant hunting with my, my buddies, and and I'm going to have that time, or I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna go home to South Dakota, and we're gonna have dinner with with friends, you mm-hmm. know, and and I we pro I program that that, that time in. Good. And so, how's yeah. your Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts coffee consumption these days? <laughs> it's pretty heavy. I've already had two. <laughs> Two big, large cups, and each of them with a shot of espresso. And okay. It, it, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't why don't you explain to our listeners why I would have said that, and that can talk, we can lead into your podcast. Well, I, so um, my title sponsor is Dunkin' Donuts, and um, I did a television show on them uh, a couple of years back on my show called The C Suite with Jeffrey Hazel, which is now seen on C Suite TV. Um, which is a, now a digital show. It used to be a broadcast show on Bloomberg. It was the number one primetime show. And I did an episode on them, and that led to them saying, oh, my gosh, we like you so much, and uh, can we sponsor you on something? And said, well, I'm about to do a podcast. And so I kicked off a podcast, which is now into 100 episodes. Uh, we just celebrated our 100th episode. It's the number one business podcast in the country. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And And we have some great sponsors. And and of course, I talk about Duncan all the time because I love coffee. Uh, you know, I never used to like coffee, and mm-hmm. you know because I never really tried it. And, and then um, I was over in a uh, vacation for about three weeks in Italy. Um, I finally took a vacation after about six years, and um, I, I I started drinking coffee. And I went, what? "Wow, I really like this." And now I drink it all the time. Well, I know you don't like pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, I hate that stuff. <laughs> I don't like any of that foo-foo stuff. I, I'm a straight – look, I think I, – I can live on water, uh-huh. scotch, scotch, yeah. uh, coffee, and I like cream. I really like cream. Uh-huh. Um, so that's that's another thing. So anyway, Cream is in money or cream is in filler? Oh, both. Yeah, there no, you go. <laughs> the cream and, and then cream off of milk. Real, not that skim milk crap. That one yes. percent chalk water stuff is my stepfather. <laughs> would say. I, I like real, real stuff. I like, I like things that are real. Uh huh. Excellent. Well, I, you know, let's touch a little bit upon your awards. I mean, from what I've been able to research about you, Jeffrey, and correct me if I'm wrong, but. You know, you've been receiving honors, honors, accolades, awards from 1995 consistently onwards right up until currently. So with everything that um, has been been bestowed upon you in terms of recognition, in terms of success, in terms of validation, you know, verification uh, that 
wow, I did it. You know, I set out a goal. It was recognized. I was accomplished for it. You know, what what particular juncture within your career, when you look at all the uh, different positions you've held on boards, uh, you look at the awards, what stands out for you as perhaps being the most meaningful, the most pivotal, the most profound? Well, you know, that's, that's something. They're all special. You, you, you don't want to discount any any given award or whatever you've done whether it's you know entrepreneur of the year by the SBA which was early in my career or or now in five hall of fames mm-hmm. you know I've been inducted into five hall of fames marketing hall of fame sales hall of fame um, direct marketing hall of fame printing hall of fame and then most recently the the speaking hall of fame and you know if I if I had to pick one, um, it would probably be the, the speaking hall of fame through the national speakers association and, 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 and you would say why? Well, you know, um, the, the people that I looked up to in throughout my career are those motivators, those in, people who inspire, who lead. And in the hall of fame are people like Norman Vincent Peale. Mm-hmm. Um, people like, um, um, Art Linkletter, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, um, you know, some of the greatest orators in the world are are part of that, and people that I grew up listening to and and were motivated by in, in terms of their books, you know, whether it's you know Think and Grow Rich or or you know all all the different you know you can just list hundreds of books of these guys, Brian Tracy and others. Yeah. That, Harvey McKay, um, mm-hmm. who's a good friend, Brian and Harvey, both good friends of mine. Um, and to, to, to see, to be in that same class, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, 150 people in the Hall of Fame, that's a pretty cool deal. You know, it, 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 it means I'm telling the stories right. And, and I love to, t- as you know, I love to tell stories. I love to speak. I speak about 160 times a year. Um, just got back from doing one, um, the other day and, uh, just yesterday from, you know, I was in Utah speaking to a group of young entrepreneurs in Utah and I was, you know, having dinner with Stedman Graham, who was, um, Oprah's boyfriend and, yes. and, Mark, and, and Mark Eaton, Mark Eaton's the former star of the Utah jazz, all pro uh, yeah. basketball player. My gosh, he's seven foot four. <laughs> and 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 Stedman Stedman's about six five six six. I'm six three. So I'm looking up at Stedman. Then I got to look way up at Mark. Man, these are, and uh, but it was great to have dinner with the with the two of them and and to break bread. You know, and that that's one of the cool things that that I get to do is I get to meet so many great people in my in my life and and interview them on my podcast all business you know i've had gene simmons and pierce morgan and the yes. rocker you know a, a rock star uh kevin jonas and i um i was just trying to reach elvira here the other day because uh, mm-hmm. she's got a new book on i thought it'd be kind of fun to have her on <laughs> and 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 then i have you know more controversial people on as well um, you know, I have a guy that's, 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 you, you know, using marijuana as a new business. Uh, so we talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. we talk about a guy who's, who uses crickets and creates flour from bugs. Wow. And now, yeah, it's now, and, and what a cool product that is. And, you know, it, it kind of makes you sick thinking about it, but then, okay, when you start getting through it, it's, it makes a lot of sense. So well, it, I- it's just fun to have people on like, on the shows like that and talk about that. I didn't realize we shared that in common. I too have been uh, in in six 
Halls of Fame. Awesome. I'm joking. Oh. No, it's good for you. Good for oh. you, Jeffrey. Um, so I have one day, right? And we all have well, asked you know, right? I, uh, and I don't, you know, and I think the thing is we don't set out to necessarily do it for the accolades. It just, it's a, it's a, it's confirmation perhaps that we're on the right track. And for the things that we have focused and we've tried to hone throughout our careers, you know, if that comes with it at the end of the day, even though we know we've honored ourselves in our journey and we've done good and we've paid it forward and we've helped other people along the way, you know, that's an added bonus, uh, but certainly not the incentive. So congratulations. Well, thanks. And I, and I don't, I don't start off with that. You know, that, that you, you know, I want to be on this national board or I want to be on this or I want to get this or I want to win that. I just try to do a do, decent job. I try to do the best I can at it my, my way. You know, and, and by the way, that's another thing we can just visit about. A lot of people say, well, you got to do it this way or do it this way. No, do it your way. It might not be right, but it's your way. Yeah. And that's how I look at things. And, and a lot of times people try to convince me to do this or this. And, you know, I get that special in the speaking business. People say, well, Jeff, you got to teach courses and put them online and you got the ongoing revenue. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like. And so, you know, again, five Hall of Fames or to, to be in those was because I reinvented myself here, here and here and here and, and just kept learning and doing. And then I got pretty good at it. And so mm-hmm. awesome. And, and, but I also got real lucky too. And in some cases, meaning I was with some great companies, had some, some good, some good, um, you know, some good breaks, which, but you know, I worked hard to make those breaks. I, you know, I, the, the most successful people in, in the world today aren't lucky. They're just relentless and I'm relentless at what I do. Yes. I agree with that completely. So would you define yourself as a disruptor? Um, yes, without question. You know, about, about pretty much everything I do. Um, yeah, that's a good example. But I, but I also would say I'm, I'm a, uh, conciliatory as well in terms of bringing people back together. Yeah. So, um, but, but I am disruptive. I, I look at everything and say, why is it going to be? That doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it, it, I just constantly look to adapt and change. Mm-hmm. You know. As as you have to. I mean, it, it's do or die, right? Simmer, uh, adapt. I said, yeah. I say adapt, change or die. It's pretty much yeah. your options. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So with regards to my whole brand being living fearlessly, Jeffrey, you know, not outside of the examples, just by ho- uh, hosting and talking about your career uh, and highlighting different things in which you embody and exemplify. Um, how do you believe, if you can kind of uh, summarize it, how do you believe you live fearlessly? Um, <laughs> I uh, just by being myself. Yeah. I mean, and and understanding that most of the things that you're going to be doing in life, no one's going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I understand that, then I'm not too worried about most things. You know, and even if you make a mistake or you don't have this or you don't have this, mm, you know, no one's going to die. You know. So, you know, it might be embarrassing, might be different, might, it might be not the way you want it, but okay, that's mm-hmm. all right. You know, I, I've, I, I try to not to get too wrapped up into it. I mean, you gotta imagine though, I mean, I can remember the third day I was at this, I was chief marketing officer at Kodak. Third day in, I made a decision and I got called up to the chairman's office. Um, because I did something that I shouldn't have probably have done it that way. And, 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 and I okayed a video that, that used some very derogatory language, um, um, Hispanic, uh, and, uh, Hispanic 
and it, it was it was using a, a term that was very derogatory. Well, I didn't know that, but I but I asked the women in the room if they were upset with it. But what I forgot to ask was, would people who are, are of Spanish descent or or Mexican descent would they would they be offended by this? I didn't ask that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't put it through that filter, which is probably not the best thing to do when you're when your chairman of your company is from Spain. Or- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know um, I laugh at it now, uh, but I remember when I got called up to the office and he, he goes, uh, and he goes, Jeffrey, do you know the, the meaning of this term that you have used, uh, cojones? And I go, and I go, no. I, I said, uh, no. He goes, well, I'm about to teach you. <laughs> and then he, he proceeded to tell me what it meant and and uh-huh. how offensive it was and and of course I wasn't the one that came up with the video but you know I okayed it so so and I'm the chief marketing officer so it it stuck with me but right. you know um so it was it was the third day in and I got called in the office and I had to go and change everything very quickly and I was sick to and then of course that was like a Friday. Mm-hmm. And so all this stuff was going on over the weekend, and I'm just sick. I was about to just vomit. I was just, you know, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be fired. Uh, I had three third day in. I made the biggest mistake in my life. You know, Monday came around, and, and uh, you know, he was okay, and we were okay, and nobody was embarrassed and didn't, you know, didn't, I didn't, we weren't, we didn't make the national news for that, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so everything was good. So I, I learned quickly that hey, no one died. Well, two, two, three things I can say to that. One, typically everybody knows in the business world you don't fire somebody on a Friday. And secondly, uh, it could be worse. Jeffrey, you could have been accused of, uh, you know, touching people's pussies. So anyway, there's that. And thirdly. <laughs> well, so then I could get elected to the presidency yeah, of the United well, States. There you so. go. I mean, what a way to climb the ladder, right? So the third thing is, you know, when we talk about nobody's going to die, I parallel that a little bit with my mantra. You know, when I start to feel moments of trepidation or uh, uncertainty or questioning myself, I one of my mantras, and I use this quite regularly, and it shifts me automatically, is I say, Lisa, we're all going to die. Just fucking do it, you know, and I do. And I do, and I execute, and I maneuver, and I get myself back in that space that I need to be to be my own shero, to be my own hero, and to be my own leader. As you said at the top of the hour, that's how you define leadership. So, and and as we know, you know, we are in our own heads 24-7. So the ways in which we nurture ourselves, the way in which we dialogue with ourselves, the real is what's going to dictate the outcomes. So if you're truly committed to your path, if you're truly committed to your journey, then you've got to walk your talk. And that starts with how you are recalibrating within your own head. Yeah. So. Let's talk about your books. So May May 2010, you released a book entitled The Mirror Test. Let's talk about what that book is about and how well it's done. Well, the book was, was was great. Sold about 100,000 copies, so we're pretty excited about it. Um, it was a bestseller. You know, Wall Street Journal, all the bestsellers, um, USA Today, everything. You know, was was bestseller and everything. And um, it was really about how to look in the mirror and examine yourself. I mean, you know, the person that's responsible for your success stares back at you in the mirror every day. Yes. And so it was about asking some real hard questions about, you know, who are you, who you wanted to be, and, and, and what did you want a brand to represent when it's done because a brand is nothing but a promise delivered. And whether that brand is you or the brand is your business, you know, what are the hard questions that you need to ask? 
And and then in there in that book, I actually framed out a concept called the 118, which which is around your elevator pitch. And mm-hmm. um, I do this. I've, I've done these exercises with clients and companies and all over the world. You know how to create the 118. Eight seconds is the average attention span of an adult. Because I know I looked that up on the internet. That's what they said, you know. So, yes. so we know that's true. We know that's true. So, what's your hook? You know, in eight seconds, you you need a hook. Yeah. You need something that gets that lean in factor, as we say in the sales business, where where you say something that's so so provocative that people lean in. They want to hear the rest. And and so and then you have 110 seconds. That's the average elevator ride in New York City. From the time you press the button, wait for the doors to open, and step on, and either ride up or ride down, and then get off. So, so we're 118 seconds. So in 118 seconds, you know, don't come to me with a 40-page PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, come to me in 118 seconds and tell me what the heck you do, and uh, and and distill it down. And the more you spend distilling it down to that eight seconds, let me get your attention, and 110 seconds value. Um, and most people don't spend the time to do that. So, so think about how you do that and the way in which you do it. And that's what the mirror test was all about. Amazing. Amazing. Who wrote the Ford for that? God, you know, I don't even know. I can't remember. Jeffrey. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, who did? I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't even, I should go, I go pick it up. I have no idea. Oh my goodness. See, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that forgets that kind of stuff. I, I'm like, once I do it, I'm pretty much done, mm-hmm. and I, that's and that's a fact. And then, so when people come back and say, "Hey, hey, um, you know, you said this, I did," right? You know, you know I, I'm kind of like that. Um, and so I, I get caught off guard many times, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like uh, now, <laughs> yeah, like now, like but but I'm at least hey man, I own it. You're so honest. I don't, Absolutely, I, I own it. I don't have a problem with that. So I don't know who wrote the Ford. Who wrote the Ford? Okay, well, I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm waiting Jenna, for my. Jenna, hand me a copy of the mirror test. I think I wrote the Ford, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's Jenna, true. Jenna's my producer. She's yeah, right I know. Here. I've been in contact with her. She's lovely. Yeah, I am. I am not that big on having lots of other people do my stuff. I pretty much do it. Yeah, I wrote it. Yeah. You wrote your Ford? Yeah, I sure did. It was. Okay. It was. I wrote it as an introduction. That's right. It was about. It was. A, it's a story. About uh-huh. the CIA operative that I put into Dublin. It's just a, I made it up. But it, it was a story about how he goes there and he's told to go to a certain time, a certain place, and he uses a secret word to this guy named Murphy. And the Murphy says, Ah, you're looking for Murphy, the, the other Murphy, the spy. He, he uh-huh. lives up just up the road. And it was all about there's no secrets. Not everybody right. knows what. There's no secrets. It's, it's, it, you know, it's all the things your mom and dad told you. That's that's the real key things that you got to be doing, whether you liked your mom and dad or not, you know. Right. Um, whether they didn't get you or not, you know. Um, yeah. do, doing the things that they say, well, that was pretty much the things we should be doing. And sometimes some of us come to it sooner in life than, than later. And so was that Murphy beside Murphy's Law? Yeah, well, no, it's a different Murphy, but I just use Yeah, Murphy. yeah, yeah. I, I'm Irish. I'm Irish, so I can use Murphy. So <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on to the second book. So in 2012, you released your second book titled Running the Gauntlet, Essential Business Lessons to Lead, Drive Changes, and Grow Profits. Did you write the forward for that one too, Jeffrey? No, I don't know who. Give me that book too, Jen. <laughs> These two. Give me both my books. I got to go look now. And that's to tell you, I don't even know if I did a forward on that one. I don't okay. have people write forwards. 
Well, typically you do, though, because it's an endorsement, right? No, I, acknowledgement. No, I didn't write a forward in this book. I never write forwards in the books. Yeah, Jenna's going and she's shaking her head at me right now. Go, and not in this one either, did I? No, none of them I did. I, wow. I, like, I jump right into it. I'm like one of those people. Now, I did write some. I did do something in that book that was different. In uh-huh. Running the Gauntlet, I did – 35 chapters rather than the typical 10 chapters. Most books are all 10 chapters, 5,000 words, 50,000 words. That's what every book is, pretty much. If you go and look at all the business books, you see they're all pretty much the same size. Why is that? Because that's the way the book industry does it. So I went and said, I'm going to do it differently. And so, and someone said, why? I said, because I can, you know. And so what I did, as long as I got to stay under 50,000 words, then I'm going to do 35 chapters, 1,500 words, and it adds up to the same thing. And then what I did was I put a little two-dimensional barcode at the beginning of every chapter, and I allowed people to be able to take a picture and then text it to me, and then I sent them back a video of me talking about what was in the chapter. No one had ever done that. The other things that I did in that book, which was very innovative, was that I made every chapter heading 140 characters or less. Because then – Every chapter became a tweetable moment. And so then that gave me 35 days where I activated each of those chapters, each of those tweets, 35 days of activating each of those videos. I took the videos and activated them. And then the next thing I did was I wrote the book in a way that the first 250 to 500 words of the chapter was a blog. Interesting. so so I so I engineered the book really well. So that gave me 35 days of blogs, 35 days of tweets, 35 days of videos. And what that did was, and you know this, Lisa, having written books, it gave me then 119 days of activation. Beautiful. Now, yeah, typically a, a book has to be a bestseller in two weeks. Well, this took that book and, and, and helped me sell 250,000 copies. So um, which in the average – which most people don't know that there's – Roughly 398,000 new business books every single year. Um, the average business book sells 7,500 copies or less in its in its lifetime. So when you know books like mine sell half a million, a million, or you know a hundred thousand um, copies, that's a lot of books. That is a lot of books, and that's without you having forwards written by other people. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's amazing. Let's talk about live stream videos. You do them occasionally, but not very often. And I don't know if that's a scheduling thing, but have you thought about doing more live streaming? Yeah, uh, it, they're difficult to do. I do do at least one a week. In fact, I'm going to do one just right after this phone call. I'm going to live stream about my um, podcast this week. My podcast has Peter Ruder on it. Now, mm-hmm. you might not know Peter, but Peter is an Alaskan who's running the Iditarod. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the uh, right now I think 80 mushers that are in that race, the most grueling race in the world, 1,150 miles. And so I talked to him. I I met him this last summer. Um, I I did, took a helicopter flight into the Punch Punchbowl Glacier, met Peter, and then uh, he was training his dogs in the summertime, and he took me on some dog sled uh, rides, and I just fell in love with this guy, um, as only a man could fall in love with another man. Mm-hmm. He, a real Renaissance guy. Very smart, but yet here he is living this life with dogs. Quite frankly, Beautiful. yeah, it was just it, uh, you know he's my kind of guy. He's the kind mm-hmm. of guy I'd sit around. I, I, we would have been rugby buddies together. We've been drinking buddies together, so to speak. And 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 the kind of guy I really liked. And um, it was interesting because we met 
only during that experience. And then months later, I called to his team to ask if I could do an interview, and he still remembered me from that same thing. So we we talked about that, and we said, you know, dude, we got to get together. And it was like that kind of bonding. So it was kind of cool. So anyway, I talked to him this week, and so I'll do a live video about that where I'll talk about what did I learn as a result of talking to a dog musher. Super. It's really kind of cool. Some lessons that you can learn. Well, feel free to insert the fact that you were a guest on my show, Living Fearlessly, and to look out for the podcast because I think people will be quite engaged and uh, will appreciate the fact that we bounced around with a lot of uh, interesting topics, a lot of great insights that uh, came out of this uh, show. So, you know, being cognizant of time, it always goes, unfortunately, too fast and too quick for my liking, but... uh, you know, there's no saying that we can't have you back as a returning guest, Jeffrey. I've done that with a few people specifically, including our mutual friend, uh, Dove Barron, who we both have mutual respect for. Oh, he's um, awesome. Dove's a great been, guy. Yeah. Yes. And the king of, uh, live streaming. So, um, yeah, I would certainly love to have you back, Jeffrey. And, and maybe before we wrap up, knowing that there's about four minutes. So if you can make it quick, um, what, what would you wish to leave uh, as an, a parting message to our listeners, anybody who's perhaps sitting on the fence in their own life, people who need to live more fearlessly, people who just need to get going? Okay, two things. One, focus. Yeah. You know, find some, so find some focus. You know, do whatever it is, whatever you're doing at the time, finish that. Do that. And mm-hmm. do it as well as you can. Second, get off your butt. Make mm-hmm. it happen. Right? You know, everyone's going to fail. Get over that. The key isn't about failing fast. The key is about winning fast. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, so in every step, you're, you're, are you going to fail without a question? Mm-hmm. Are you going to, you, you can't be a maestro without playing a lot of bad notes. So fail, play the bad fail notes. forward. Fail forward. Yeah. Right. Play, play yeah. the bad notes. Yeah. So those are the things I tell people. Amazing. Well, Jeffrey, I want to say thank you once again for your time. I know that you're a very uh, busy gentleman. You've got lots on the go. Your hands are in always a gazillion pot. So I want to wish you well with the rest of your day and your weekend. And I'm sure we'll be playing catch up with the uh, inauguration after. Uh, I know this kind of cuts into it for people. But um, I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time. I want to say how much of an honor it is to be part of the C-suite as an advisor. Uh, we didn't get too much into that. But again, as a returning guest, we could perhaps talk and delve more into that subject matter specifically but i just want to say i wish you all my best as i always do and uh, i'll continue to look out for great things from you because that's only what you ever produce so thank you for that and for what you do to continually pay it forward to all of us in the business world and for uh for what you do on a personal level as well Well, so thank you Yes. So to my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for tuning in to my weekly show. This is Lisa McDonald with Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Again, we go live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. You can find me and subscribe to my podcast over on iTunes. I want to thank you once again for loyal listenership and for people who have now uh, brought my ratings and my numbers uh, stats up to over 100,000 podcast subscribers in less than two years. So I want to thank you so much for that. It means everything to me. We can't do everything working uh, solely in a vacuum. Uh, I want to wish everybody a great weekend. Be safe. Uh, love and gratitude to all. Take care. Lisa McDonald from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.